Welcome to the All In Your Head podcast, where we get all in your head. We are a mental health podcast focused on anything and everything mental health. We will have special guests ranging from mental health experts, mental health advocates, and just everyday people with real struggles. We will share laughs, we will share cries, but most importantly, we will have real conversations about mental health. So with that being said, let's get all in your head. Woohoo! Thank you, Natalie, for for being on the podcast, and I appreciate you spending time with us. and And this is a performance series, so I decided season two I wanted to focus on performance, and athletes are a big part of that. And I know you work with athletes, and and you've spent some time working with them individually, but also have written about working with athletes. So, how did you get in this field in the first place? Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about it. So so the way the way I got started really began when I was really young at home. Um growing up in Chicago, um we were my 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 dad was a very big sports fan, particularly mm-hmm. the Chicago Bears and uh the Bulls. And so um I was his only kid for for um, about six years before my brother came. And my dad really, you know, kind of embraced talking sports with me. And so um, my first memories of anything sports related was our family watching sports events on TV. And um, that was a very cherished and shared moment in our household. So so we would gather around on Sundays and go all in for the Chicago Bears. And I mean, and, you know, anything you can imagine at home, like what the fans were doing in the stands we were doing at home, like high-fiving and cheering and, you know, coaching to the TV. And so that was kind of my first introduction on sports of just being a fan. Yeah, we talk about uh, cultures, right? And and sports is a culture. And my family was the same way, and 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 sports was a really big part of, of our culture. I grew up in Northern Indiana, so I had a choice: Bears or Colts. Ah. And I, I I'm afraid to tell you that I chose the Colts. You chose incorrectly, <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I was kind I'm of in saying. that. I was, I was kind of in that like space where I'm like right in between, and so I don't know why I chose the Colts. I don't know if there was a right or wrong choice at that time. I think the Colts have had a lot more success uh, since yes. since yeah. then, but yeah. Uh, Look, being in the behavior health space, I know how frustrating it can be to not know the current status of your insurance reimbursements or even how much you will get reimbursed. Illuminate Billing Advocates is championing better behavior health billing through their tools like their dashboard that provide full transparency into your claim cycle. Check out more at illuminatebilling.com. Well, that that was that was really my introduction, you know, and um, it was a a family gathering. We would have um, special food around sporting events. I mean, it really was like you said, it was it was our culture. And um, so that was how I grew up. Also, um, just as a young girl, I really enjoyed helping and talking to people Mm. and not really knowing that maybe that I had kind of a knack or a gift to connect with people. So so 
very early on, I was into like supporting and helping people. And I was really into being a fan of sports. And so that was, that was kind of part of my development. And fast forward to uh, when I started college, I, I didn't have any examples of anyone doing anything uh, with athletes or within sports, but I always felt like there was something that needed to be in place for them. Yeah. And so as I was taking uh, my undergrad courses, I, I, um, I majored in uh, sociology and as I was learning about um, different groups and 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 different things like that, my my thought process began to develop a little bit different as it relates to athletes. Where before it was just you know excitement and you know cheering on my team, and I began to ask questions around with professional athletes at first. And the first thing was, well, these athletes make, you know, tons and tons of money, what I thought back mm -hmm. then. Yeah. Well, well, why are they having these issues? So that was my first question. And I, I just didn't have an answer. And what happened, I began to evolve my thinking around where are the supports for all levels of athletes. And I wasn't, I, I identified that they needed supports. I felt that this was a very unique and specialized population athletes are. And I didn't really see where they were getting the types of supports that they needed outside of the physical. And so that began a journey for me, kind of trying to see where I could fit in and work with athletes. And that was kind of how I got started, just asking the questions. Yeah, I work with athletes as well. And what I think is cool, and I teach this uh, to the students that I teach at the university as well as they're developing and earning their degrees, is if you can combine two passions, because I'm kind of the same way, like I, I'm in the mental health field, but I'm also a sports person, right? And so if you can combine those, how awesome of a career is that? I mean, that's exactly what I say. I combined my two loves. I mean, that is, ex and so for me, it is working uh, every day is a pleasure, you know, combining my my love of helping people and combining my love of sports to create a path um, that I have really found to take me different places that I never thought I would do, including writing a book, you know, speaking with you. You know, it, it's just been a passion of mine to really bring um, awareness and enlightenment for everyone or anyone who will listen about the mental health uh, component and the importance of mental health in sports. Yeah. So you're starting to see this space from a different perspective because you're you're in it now and yes. you're helping people. And what are some of the things that you're seeing that our athletes are dealing with these days? Yeah. So um, if we if we talk about the um, the impacts of COVID, um, that has been very significant, um, you know, not so long ago, we all recall when, you know, everything was shut down and paused yeah. that had a, a significant impact on athletes who, um, could not train, they couldn't play on a high school and college level. It affected recruitment. Um, and so a lot of, um, anxiety, yeah. 
depression um, was identified during this time. And I actually found um, a large influx of um, athletes seeking help during that time. In addition to um, when we had the the uh, social justice summer with, you know, uh, the murdering of George Floyd and um, others, that was um, another another time where a lot, a lot of people were were seeking support and help and um, trying to to make sense of what how they're being impacted by what they're seeing. That was another thing. And then generally speaking, athletes um, will come come to look for services to work with me as it relates to performance and performance anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it may be a thing of, you know, I, you know, I perform uh, well in practice when it's time to compete in yeah. a game and a meet, what have you, you know, I'm not, I'm not competing the same way, you know, that sort of thing. Um, confidence building, a lack of confidence, often coming off of an injury. Um, yeah. That's something that people don't think about where you are recovering physically from an injury, but there's also mental work um, that athletes need to do to return as well. So, so we do work around that also. Yeah, that's all very well said. You know, my work with athletes, I see very similar things. And I also work in the space of cheerleaders and dancers. And so I brought on a team that really focuses in on that space. And that's a whole other podcast and how I got involved. Yeah, yeah, in, I have in that. a myself too. Yeah, the, the quick the quick story is my, my two daughters are involved in that space. So I was physically in that space all the time. I started to see all these things. You, know, you, you try to shut off your your therapist mind when you're not working, but it's like impossible sometimes. Right. So I started to see all these things. I'm like, there's a tremendous need here. And so uh, I didn't really know what to do at the time, but I decided to, I needed to do something. And so I hired a team. And so now I have a nutrition coach and I have a a two performance coaches and I have a therapist that all specialize in that population. And like I said, I never thought I'd get involved in that population because that's not my space, but I, I just saw a need, but I see, a lot of the similar things that you're seeing, kind of the high pressure. I see uh, high demands. I, my daughter who dances, uh, she dances every single day with the exception of Sunday. And sometimes she dances on Sunday. I thought I was a hot shot when I played high school football and we had two days. Like I thought I was like the man because I was, <laughs> right. and I was right. and I cr- went home crying every day. Like I want to quit. My dad <laughs> wouldn't let me quit because I thought I was doing so much. But these Athletes today, like it's nothing like when I was a kid. If you want to be successful at sports in this day and age, you have to practice a ridiculous amount of time. You have to get trainers. And we could have a full other conversation about access to sports and how certain populations of people don't even have access. And I think that's a a travesty. Uh, But if, if you want to be successful in today's sports world, it's a tremendous amount of time and demand. It is a serious, serious commitment. And you're absolutely right. I have the privilege, actually, um, of working with Irish dancers um, and and very young ones. uh, And and I've worked with cheerleaders in the past as well. And and I will fight anyone. These are athletes. I will tell (laughs) you. Do not sleep on um, the commitment and the physicality that is required to do what they do, but you're right. The demand. And now 
how how the sports are now they want you to be specialized you know yeah. in the past you you mm -hmm. were a multi-sport yeah. athlete you know and that was encouraged you know you could use different body parts mm -hmm. you can think a different way in different sports but now you're training earlier and in a in a very narrow focus so there is a higher demand there is a higher uh pressure and there is this this thought process of you know we we're going here a to b b to c and 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 we're we're constantly moving up levels there's some benefits to that because you're a specialist right yeah. you know and so so you are really honing in on your particular sport but there are also some some challenges with some of the pressures and if we're if we're not handling particularly our youth athletes, if we're yeah. not handling them with care, there's a high level of burnout. Absolutely. And what we're finding um, that a lot of athletes by the age of 12, 13, they're leaving their sport because mm -hmm. it's no longer fun. So the balance is really important while they're dealing with the competition, the pressures and the stress. We have to remember, we still have to have fun. Yeah. And sometimes we, we we really forget that, you know, when Jamie, when I'm prepping um, athletes for performances, you know, we'll meet weekly and before their, their game or tournament yeah. or whatever. And we'll do our preparation. You know, I call it the prep, which is which is the title of my book, the athletes prep book. Yeah. When we do the prep, I often have to remind the athlete don't forget to have fun. Yeah. Um, you would be surprised how that gets lost sometimes because we're so focused and so driven, which, you know, that's part of competition. We we have to have that, but we also have to have the enjoyment of it. So it's important to have the balance. Yeah, professional players will say that sometimes this light bulb will go off and they'll remember that even though they're getting paid a ridiculous amount of money, this is they're playing a game. And then right. it comes with some some gratefulness. Like I, I I get to come play a game and get paid for it. How cool is that? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And even on on um on the high school level, I, I was working with an athlete uh yesterday, a basketball player, high elite athlete, mm -hmm. and we were preparing for today's game, big game, rival grant game. And I asked the question and I asked him, I said, do do you sometimes forget to have fun on the court? And he he had a sheepish grin and he said, "Yeah, I do." And I said, "Let's bring the fun tomorrow." Yeah. You know, let's remember because a relaxed athlete is a more yeah. productive athlete. Absolutely. So we talked about that. So I, I really like to focus on yes, we can be a strong competitor, but let's enjoy what we're doing also. Yeah, it helps them to stay in that kind of window of optimal performance, right? That's right. For most athletes, you have to bring their level of anxiety down. Now, there are some rare athletes where you have to increase pressure. Like, I don't come across that very often. I think about LeBron James. I feel like LeBron James is like that sometimes. When I see him on the court, I feel mm -hmm. like he needs to get fired up sometimes. He needs a little pressure. He needs someone to talk a little trash to him where it, it kind of wakes him up. There are yes. some There are some athletes like that. But I feel like for most athletes... We need to bring that level of pressure and anxiety down so that you can be at your optimal performance level. No, I, I totally agree with that. And and Jamie, I actually asked the question when I start to pick it up, do you play better angry? Because mm. some players do, some athletes yeah. do, but some players do not. Yeah. But but if you do, um, sometimes the anger is channeled within self. Yeah. 
And so I try to reframe that. So if if you if you feel you play better angry, how do we channel that energy, that emotion away from you right. and put it on something else to help the performance? So it's really understanding the psyche yeah, of the athlete. But I, I agree with your original point. For the majority, though, because that's that we have athletes like that, but majority, it's best to tamp down the pressure and mm-hmm. the and the um the anxiety and really I like to try to convey a workmanlike a perspective. Here's a few things that we want to accomplish today. Let's focus on those. Let's quiet the outside noise of the distractions and let's focus on these. And lowering that that um that pressure actually helps the athlete to tap into that higher performance type area that we want them to be in. Yeah, that's great that you do that. And I think that can be extremely effective. I played high school baseball at a pretty high level and I had a lot of anxiety, mental health issues, blah, blah, blah. I always joke that I would have made the pros if it wasn't for my mental health issues. It's probably more because I'm five six. It's probably more of the uh, issue, but I like to <laughs> I like to blame it on uh, my yes, mental, yes. My mental health. That's and... a, that's more of a more reason the the, the, the medical things than exactly, the, exactly. The, the lack of height. <laughs> exactly. We have a variety of listeners on this podcast. We have a lot of mental health professionals. We just have everyday people. We have athletes, I'm sure, as well. What kind of help is out there for athletes? I know. You know, there's therapists and uh, mental health professionals like you and I that specialize in working with athletes. And I will say one thing, I feel like this is a specialized population. I think there are oftentimes people who try to dabble or they'll get someone on their case and they'll try to work with them and they maybe are still effective, but it's a very specialized population, I feel like. But what help is out there for athletes? Yeah, for sure. So I agree with you um, 100%. This is a specialized population. And so when I talk to to athletes or or to coaches or or as I call it state uh sports stakeholders yeah. you know you do want to find a a therapist that really understands this population who understands um what it means to be a performer a high mm-hmm. performer mm-hmm. but you know years ago athletes didn't know that there was any help out there And, and that is really changing now. We still have a lot of work to do, but it's really changing. And so there's tons of help out here now that there, there are therapists who specialize in, in working with an athlete's mental health, where I myself, I not only work on the mental health piece, I also work with the performance part of it too, which is a big part of the identity. And it's really important to convey to your listeners, Jamie, that, and I like to always say that seeking help is always a sign of strength, not weakness. And, you know, you know, in the sports culture, it's, it's kind of this belief system, shake it off, you know, I'm not injured, Mm -hmm. you know, push through it. And that's that, that competitor, that warrior mentality. And there's a place for that, but I like to compare mental health with physical health. Yeah. And when you have a physical injury, you get support and treatment. I want to say it's the same thing with a mental internal injury. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about mental health issues, mental illness, you know, when we're talking about clinical depression, general anxiety, if you're suffering from something like that and it's 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 impairing your daily function, it's impacting your performance 
seeking help is what you need to be doing because if you had a sprained ankle, you would get treated. So if you have depression, you need to get treated. It's no different. And so we need to begin to really view mental health like physical health. You just get treated. And we normalize that. You know, it's time to move away from the taboo and the stigma around getting help um, when we're struggling with um, with whatever it may be. We need to just own that, you know what, I'm having a rough time right now and and I'm getting help. I, I have another athlete that I'm I'm working with right now, a female basketball player. Um, uh, high level um, player, and she's currently struggling. She's in a, in in a depressive episode right mm-hmm. now, and and she still has to play ball. And so, having to have a conversation with her coach about, you know, I, I'm I'm having a difficult time, but I'm I'm getting the supports I need to work through it, and begin to normalize that. Mm-hmm. If we could really have those kind of open and honest conversations. You know, it would really go far as far as um, everyone just saying, you know, this is just part of life. You know, sometimes we have struggles, we have ups and downs, and when we have the downs, we get the help around it. So that that's a message I really want to convey to anyone who who listens that, you know, getting help is is totally appropriate. And sometimes you want to just ignore. Mm-hmm. or push to the side, but we need to just deal with these things head on. So obviously, you know, working with a therapist is a big, was a big deal. And, um, but there's also other things um, outside of therapy that, that you can be doing to be really productive is identifying ways of self-care. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you taking care of yourself? You know, when you're not practicing, when you're not competing, that's really important little things like you know are you getting enough sleep are you are you eating the way you need to checking how much am i engaged in social media you know is the yeah. self if, is the social media is it enhancing my life right now mm-hmm. or is it kind of taking away you yeah. know do i need to evaluate maybe unplug a little bit you know so what i try to suggest is maybe 20 minutes up to 60 minutes, unplug once a day from social Mm -hmm. media, let go of the phone for a little bit, get a perspective outside of that. So those little things uh, really can, can help with your health as well. I remember when I was an athlete, well, I'm still an athlete, but I was officially an athlete in high school and two years in college. We had to take a physical before every season, right? And that took a look at our physical body. And there's some things that happened in those physicals that I'm glad I don't have to do anymore. I don't know what your experience was. I don't need to know, <laughs> but that's your private time. But uh, it wasn't enjoyable, but they evaluated my physical body to ensure my physical body was prepared and could handle the stress of the sport. How cool would it be if we got to a point where we also did some type of mental health evaluation to see where our athletes' minds are to see if they can handle the stress because there's a mental stress that goes along with sports as well. How cool would it be if our field could shift in that direction? 
I'm a big believer in that. And I'm really, you know, working with um, a particular athletic department. And I hope to begin to do kind of a pre and post kind of check in. I think that's really important. I think that should be kind of part of the team, you know, as they have an athletic trainer, a nutritionist, you know, all the rest of it. I think there should be a mental health professional doing those those check ins uh, during before the season, during the season and after the season. Um, I think that's really important. I know there are some programs that are starting to be more open to that. And we just have to keep prying the door open to really encourage that because these mental health check-ins really can be a preventative um, for things that, that may come down the line. And it's a great way to identify some things that may be going on that the person doesn't even realize. You know, sometimes athletes are experiencing things that they can't articulate. They can't quite put a finger on. But if we had kind of like a check-in, um, that would really be a great tool um, before we even got into the season. And I even put something like that in, in my book um, about before the season starts to do some self-evaluation, some questionnaires to kind of get a sense of where you are, where's your motivation, where's your headspace going into the season. So I really think that's something that um, we're going to see more of. Yeah, I found that athletes are going to cope no matter what. That's right. And if they don't cope in a healthy way, they're going to turn to substances. They're going to turn to unhealthy relationships. They're going to turn to other unhealthy coping mechanisms. And I know athletic departments and coaches, they have a lot of goals, but typically their number one goal is winning, right? It's winning. Well, that's right. If they, if you have healthy athletes, you're going to have a greater chance of winning. If you have athletes that are participating in all these unhealthy activities, Number one, they could get kicked off the team or get in trouble, number one, but it's going to bleed over into their sport and it's going to lead to decreased performance. I truly believe that, that if if athletes are not healthy outside of their sport, it's going to, at, at some point, affect their performance. Isn't, isn't that the argument, though? It, you know, a healthy athlete is a winning athlete. Yeah. You know, and if, if we can convey the thought process of if we take care of our athletes holistically, then you will get exactly what you want. A uh, athlete who, mm -hmm. who is better prepared to perform and to compete at a high level. And so that's the conversations. That's the line of thinking. We have to continually have those type of dialogues that this is not taking away from, from your program. It's actually enhancing. It's an addition you know, and so I, 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 you're, you're absolutely uh, correct in that if, if we're taking care of mind, body, and soul of the mm -hmm. athlete, you're going to have an athlete who is healthy, and a healthy athlete can compete in a level that we need them to compete at. So it's a win-win, taking care of, you know, the physical and the mental part of um, our performers. Yeah, I wrote that down. I like the healthy athlete is a winning athlete. Yes. I'm going to steal that from you. I'll give you, you can have it. I'll, you give, can you, have I'll it. give you credit. But <laughs> that might even be the title of our podcast. Healthy athlete is a winning athlete. That's really yes. awesome. What other resources are out there, Natalie? 
I would like to um, cite my book as as a resource for sure. Um, my book is called The Athlete's Prep Book. It's a comprehensive uh, wellness and performance guide, and it is tailor-made for athletes who are in in their season or actually right before their season. And so this this book is a is a reflection of the work that I do with athletes either in a team or individually. And so in the book I give performance techniques, things that I do individually with my athletes. You'll find um, about 10 exercises or tools that you can use to enhance your performance. I also wrote a mental health guide from the athlete's perspective. And and I thought this was very important to do where, you know, we've all heard about depression and, and we've heard about anxiety, but I wrote the book, the reference guide and how it looks in athletes. For an example, with injuries, we, we talked a little bit about that today and, and there's a physical component of healing and rehabbing, but there's also a risk of depression when an athlete is is injured. And so I talk about that. So there's several, several sections from a mental health perspective, how it directly impacts and looks in athletes. And so it's referencing a lot of the things that I've seen throughout my practice. And so an athlete, a parent, a coach can really utilize the the um, the reference um, portion of the book. And then lastly, there's a there's a seasonal journal. Mm. And so the journal is is created for your season. So weekly you're doing check ins, you're setting practice goals, you're setting performance goals. There's an area to reflect because I'm a big believer, let's set a goal for what we want to do. Let's do it. And then let's talk about how we did it. And that is a a, a huge um, um, component of how I work with my athletes. And so that's in there. I've took the time to have inspirational quotes from different athletes to help them on their journey. And um, a unique part of the journal also is I have a body image, um, front and back image. So weekly, if you are feeling physically, um, you're struggling physically, you can actually document that. And week by week, and you can kind of rank on on the image. You know, this week, I, you know, my 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 knee, it's 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 hurting. It's a level of a four. You know, but two weeks ago, it was a seven. And you can kind of see your progress, and you can also take that to your doctor and kind of show. You know, this week I was feeling this way. So I really try to create a, a tool and resource. Um, that I felt that athletes need when they're competing. So the component, the uh, perf- the performance piece of it, the mental health psychoeducation piece of it, and then the the weekly seasonal journal. And um, I'm I'm it, the book has been really well received. I'm really excited about it, and I think it's something that pretty much from seventh and eighth grade all the way up to college and beyond would be would be a great addition to any athlete's library. Yeah, I, I've never seen anything like it before. And that's, I have a copy here sitting right in front of me. And I want to take a quick moment just for a special announcement for my listeners. I have not played baseball since 2001, but I'm making my comeback. 
And so I signed up for an adult baseball league. Is started, that right? Started in two months. And so I'm sure this is not why you wrote the book, but I'm, I'm going to use it for my own performance. Uh, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm, I'm very, so I'm, very, I'm very competitive. And uh, like I said, you probably didn't write this book specifically for men my age that probably should not be playing, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to use it because I want to perform my best. I'm very competitive and I've looked through it. It's, it's an amazing book. Uh, has a lot of um, very relevant topics. I certainly appreciate all the work that you put into it. I, I appreciate that. And Jamie, it, it it will definitely serve you as you come back out of retirement and <laughs> and 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 go into this next phase um of as being an athlete. And and you know, but but seriously, I really believe um when we connect what we want to do physically, mentally it really helps you perform better. And you will find with some of the questionnaires and the things in the journal um, weekly, as you are, are you, as you're going week to week, it will enhance what you're trying to do. And so um, uh, that's exciting for you. And <laughs> and I'm glad you got the prep book to help you along the way. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the plan. Awesome. That's the plan. I haven't started practicing yet. So we'll see. We'll see, how, we'll see how my body holds up. <laughs> I love that. So Natalie, thank you for being on this show. You do some amazing work, both with athletes. You wrote this very uh, useful book for athletes as well as a resource. Again, like I said before, I've never seen anything like it before. So I think it's a useful tool for athletes, the Athletes Prep Book. Thank you for being on the show. I had a lot of fun with you. And uh, again, thank you for all you do. And Jamie, this has been great. Thank you so much for having me so much. You have just listened to the All In Your Head podcast. Learn more by following Jamie Glick on LinkedIn or by subscribing to the Mental Health Training Camp YouTube channel. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, you can call now or text 988 to get connected to free confidential support. Thanks for listening.